Hey, hey, everybody. What is up? Ashley Mayfield, uh, none other than my super sexy, attractive husband, Jason Mayfield. Jason Mayfield. <laughs> uh, we decided to jump on. First of all, thank you for like all the love of my birthday. Uh, it was the best birthday. 39 was the best. This guy treated me so well. Uh, I'm a huge, like, give me gift cards. You giving me gift cards for my birthday. Uh, if that's you, can you drop a one below if, like, a gift card would make you happy? If it, like, would offend you, drop a two. It's okay to be offended by gift cards. Um, can but now, you, hey, I'll get a glass. I do occasionally um, do good on gifts, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a very good gift giver. He's a very good gift giver. Um. Oh no, I did not. But he got me the best of both worlds for my Christmas gift. Uh, if you guys do not know, I'm obsessed and addicted with the quarter game. You guys know, like the Chuck E. Cheese game where you put the little token in and they all move forward. Okay, like the quarter game. I want to buy my own. He found one that was freaking Mario. Yeah. You guys, it's the best of both worlds. Okay. But anyways, uh, birthday was great. Thank you. He did not get me a gift card. It was better than a gift card. It was, hey, let's go. Here's uh, money that you can go shopping with and let's go shopping right now. So it was the best of both worlds. But thank you for all the love. I appreciate it. Um, many of you guys, well, how was your Christmas? Watch me being rude. I'm over here just talking about my Christmas. How was y'all's Christmas? I hope it was great. And if you've recovered from Christmas, I hope that you are, um, you know, doing that. <laughs> But anyways, we want to hop on. Hey, hey, Amanda, how are you? Hey, Jerry Lynn, good to see you. Um, we want to hop on and answer some questions for you. Many of you guys know that at the beginning of 2023, I set out and said that I want to do four things every single day. And it wasn't with the intent of having massive growth. It wasn't with the intent of crossing a finish line. My only finish line that I wanted to cross was to say that I was disciplined. How many of you struggle with discipline? Drop a me below, okay? It's very easy to set out. We know we're in that freaking time of year, you guys, where everyone is going to talk about the mountains they're going to climb. Everyone is going to talk about how baddie they're going to be in 2024, but nothing's going to change in their life. And I think as a high achiever, I value crossing finish lines and I value growing, but I think sometimes it's really easy to get away and you start climbing so many mountains that you just like forget to walk on normal ground sometimes. And so I wanted to bring myself back um, to a place. So I started doing four things every single day. Today is day like 362, I think, something like that. I don't know. It's really crazy. No cheats, no shortcuts, like nothing like that. What is it, 362? Yeah, I've got like three more days left. It's crazy. So... um there were four things I was doing every single day. One, I was moving my body for 18 minutes. Uh, number two, I was drinking at least 40 ounces of water. Number three, I was making one video a day on my real, uh, my Instagram reels or TikTok. And then I was also doing Jason's Bible reading plan. And I had no idea that now his you know plan, here. <laughs> I had no idea that his plan ended on day 355. Like 355, I had read the whole Bible and then it was just like another 12 days or 10 days of, you know, know, additional content. Um, so I've already read the entire Bible in a year. And you guys, I have believed in Jesus since I was in seventh grade. Um, really, I mean, just, you know, fell in love. Don't remember the moment. Don't remember the moment. Um, but just know that it happened. And obviously, whenever you grow, anyone else like grow up with a lot of trauma, drop a four below. Okay, it's fine. We can normalize that here. But, uh, you know, so sometimes my brain moves so fast that I don't like remember specific moments. So it's obviously not that the moment wasn't memorable. Uh, I just don't remember it. And all along the way, since I was, what are you in seventh grade? 
12, 13. 13. I just turned 39 years old. I have uh, been married to Jason for 16 years. Up until the last seven years, we've been in full-time ministry. Um, I've stepped into a role of being on staff in ministry as well, and I never read my Bible cover to cover, okay? In fact, I was not reading my Bible at all. And um, I'm not proud to say that, and that's something I've made very known. Like, that's not a, pri- a, a thing that I'm proud to say, that for 25 years of being a Christian, I have not read my Bible. However, how long ago did you start the plan? Like seven years ago, six you years know, ago? I started in the plan, I think, publicly like five years ago, maybe. Are they shooting arrows over there? Why is there a target? Okay, our neighbors have like a literal bullseye. Like we just watched Robin Hood, like a Robin Hood bullseye target in our backyard. That's crazy. Um, archery stuff. So back on topic. So my husband started this Bible reading plan. And I remember um, if you guys, and we're, we're not here to like bash churches or anything like that. We love the church. We have tons of friends. Jason, some of his best, all of his best friends yeah, are all senior my best pastors. Friends are senior <laughs> yeah. Like we love the church. Okay. Um, however, we know that there can be, you know, uh, not everyone doing ministry. Sometimes you get so just like any other career, just like a management career or a teacher career, you get so committed to the role role that you forget sometimes it's about who you are and you can do a task very, very well, um, while still like not being fulfilled, not living to your capacity, you can cross the finish line being a jerk and all that stuff. And so I made a decision, um, after watching my husband change his life through reading the Bible, like 10 years ago, I watched a transformation in his world and, um, finally decided that like, you know, it is my husband. He does have a Bible reading plan and I should probably just, you know, do it like that. Like what greater way to support my husband than to actually do the things that he's doing and not just say, I support you. Right. So I decided to jump in and, um, you guys, it's really shifted my entire world. Um, it has, What's really interesting is I don't like people who talk about like immediate overnight transformation. And I didn't have that. In fact, um, I have it written down. It was day 57 that I ran into my husband's office, like crying. And I was like, I think God just spoke to me. And while I was doing my daily Bible reading, and it was like crazy profound. Um, so it wasn't this immediate within 24 hours. I felt better. I felt like a whole, no, like, but what's really cool is I asked God, um, I re- am really passionate about leadership and I asked God to show me stories and situations that would really make my brain understand. And so, um, Jason got me a Bible that I really felt like I could digest, I could comprehend. And then his Bible reading plan really transfer, transformed me, um, on a deeper level, being able to understand the things of God, being able to um, know stories in totality. Would that be the right word? Um, You know, you hear stories. I knew of David and Goliath, but I had never read David and Goliath. I had known about Esther. I had never read fully the story of Esther. And so being able to say that I've done that, have I retained everything? Absolutely not. You could put me in a Bible quiz and I would probably fail right now, but I, at least I've done it. And it was for the discipline. And um, I'm really excited to start again. So I know Jason, your Bible reading plan, it, it has literally helped like tens of thousands of people across the world, which is so cool. And as I've done this, I just wanted to hop on live. And I know I'm talking a lot. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to let Jason talk. Um, I do have some questions that I wrote down that I wanted to ask him. But um, you guys have had a lot of questions for me, and I can't answer your questions because I'm not Jason. <laughs> and so uh, how many times have you read the Bible? Well, I know, Fully, I, I in, know in that, total. I know I've read 
seven physical Bibles. I pulled them all off the shelf the other day, everyone I know that I've read through, but I've read probably somewhere around 20 times through. Were they seven different translations or? No, two different translations. What translations do you like? I've used the NASB and the ESV. I primarily use the English Standard Version of the Bible. Uh, These are more literal translations, more word for word from the original manuscripts that we have access to. So they're, they're more... They're less explaining as you read. There's some like the version you use, the New Living Translation. It more explains yeah. it. So and there's you know benefits and drawbacks to both of those. And there's yeah, and we've even compared some stuff. Like hey, this is what it says in my translation. What does it say in your translation? But New Living Translation, I've realized, is probably one of the more basic versions that you can get. Okay. It's kind of, if we're looking at it as a totem pole and a hierarchy, I'm probably closer to the bottom of totem pole of comprehension for Bible lingo and language. Yeah. If so, you're talking about the reliable translations of the Bible, because there are yeah. unreliable translations out there yeah. that you need to stay away from. One of the big ones that's coming out right Abraham. now is the Passion Translation. Like you shouldn't read the Passion Translation. It's horrible. It is horrendous. It's dangerous even. However, mm-hmm. When we're talking about reliable translations of the Bible, New Living Translation is the easiest translation to get moving on. And actually, it's not the first Bible I read all the way through, but it is the first Bible I did significant reading in um, was the New Living Translation. Yeah. So if you struggle to like comprehend the Bible, start with the New Living Translation. That's what I just did this year. And it's extremely basic. It doesn't talk over you. You don't have to understand big words. Like I promise you, you'll be fine. And so that was like my starting point. And there's like no shame in that game. Um, Why is it important to read the Bible? I think that that seems like a very... And I want to add this little caveat. I think that seems like a very basic question, Jason. But I think it's an important question to ask because now that I have read the Bible, it's not a matter of being judgmental, but it is a matter of you can, I, it's almost like my eyes have been awakened mm-hmm. to oh, yeah. who is talking from a scripture and who has a revelation of the word. Mm-hmm. And it's almost apparent, um, and again, I don't have the Bible memorized. I'm not coming to y'all from the mountaintop. I'm coming from the valley. But it's so crazy how much it's opened my eyes. Like, oh, that's not what that means. And um, and not in a like or, mean or demeaning way. Or at times, not even that's not what it means. That's not what it says. Yes. Yeah. There's and, one, when you read the word, yeah. you'll find out you've heard a lot of stuff. Yeah. It isn't even what it said. Yeah. And I had a moment like that in church. Um, and, you know, we appreciate and respect the church that we go to. But I had a moment where I was like, that's not in context. That That's not the total. If you look at, if you zoom out, and I think that that's what I really like. So that would be my answers. I think a lot of times we can just go to a, a verse and take the verse for it. But you, when you zoom out, you realize why the verse is the way that it is. So why would you say it's important for people to read the Bible? Well, there's really, I'll give you two sides of this. One is there's a real pragmatic answer, and then there's a, there's a spiritual answer. So let me start with the pragmatic answer. Um, we, I just launched the Bible reading plan for 2024. We kind of change them up year to year. So people have something, you know, they can look forward to. And, um, I just launched the video for it. And in writing the video while I was doing some research, found out that like people who are disengaged with the Bible, people who do not read the Bible, which by the way, is the vast majority of people, but they don't catch or they don't affirm basic fundamental 
rudimentary theological truths, and these aren't even major Bible truths. We're not talking about unpacking what Jonah 2.12 says. We're talking about fundamental things, common sense things. One of them is that 82% of people who are not engaged with the Bible believe that Jesus was a sinner just like anyone. That's crazy! Well, not only is that crazy, but let me just tell you something. That actually puts you in a category of damnable theology. That's yeah. theology that will send you to hell like a bullet, in the, in the words of Larry B. That's what he used to say. He'll send people going to hell like a bullet. And so, but so that's that's damnable theology. But here, listen to this: sixty-seven percent of people who were disengaged from the Bible believed that God. We're talking basic common sense. Believe that God was not all powerful. Crazy. Like if you're listen, I'll open it up past Christianity to the to the greater realm of all religion here. If you're monotheistic at all, meaning that you believe in one God, so Jewish, Christian, Muslim, and some of y'all out there who worship the universe. But if you're monotheistic in any way to believe that God is not all powerful at the most rudimentary level, makes him not God. Not only that, we found out that the people who are engaged in Bible, the Bible, I think it's the T.H. Chan School of Public Health. Uh, it's at Harvard University. They created an index to understand people's well-being called the Human Flourishing Index. Well, the Human Flourishing Index measures five areas of people's well-being. Turns out that people who engaged with the Bible on a regular basis scored 19% higher on the index than people who don't across the board. This is Pretty crazy. incredible, right? So that's the pragmatic reason. Uh, it's, it's good for you, and it keeps you out of major error, major error. But the spiritual reason is this. In John 14, uh, verse 26, Jesus hey, looks at his disciples, and Jesus says, um, I'm going to send you the helper, the Holy Spirit, who will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance the things that I have said to you. If you do a greater study on what Jesus is saying, though, when he says the things I've said to you, you could really come to the conclusion that Jesus has said everything that's in the Bible. Because John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it goes on in verse 14 to say, and the Word was made manifest amongst us. That's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Word. So if the Bible says it, Jesus said it. And so the Holy Spirit brings back to our memory the things that Jesus has said, what this book says. That means this is the primary way the Holy Spirit communicates with us. If you look over in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, it says, the Holy Spirit says to us, and then it quotes a psalm. So the writer of Hebrews said, when the Holy Ghost talks to us, He's using the scripture. So this is the primary way that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And I could talk about this a lot because I just wrote a 200-page book called <laughs> Here to Hear all about this. And so I could talk about this for, at, at length. But that's the, that's the spiritual reason. You want to yeah. be in the Word because this teaches you and trains you to hear the voice of God, the Holy Ghost. 
And that's really important. I think just even like feeling better. We live in a world where, and you guys have seen me write about this a lot. We're idolizing mental health. We're, we're almost bowing down to it. We're actually taking on so many things on our identity. And we're like, it's almost like we're bragging about having anxiety and being depressed and bipolar. And you guys, that's not that, that's not a badge of honor. Like that, that's not part of your identity. You might have it, but that's not who you are. It might be a season, but it doesn't have to be your identity. And I just think that stat on people feeling 19% of people feel better. Um, I know uh, a year or two ago. Well, let me just say this. That 19% isn't just feel better. These are measurable areas. I mean, these are physical manifestations of well-being. This is not, I'm emotionally feeling better. This is, yeah. these are five areas that are measurable. It's not. You know, y- y'all know how there's the temperature and then there's the, the feels like. I don't know who came up with feels like. <laughs> they just send somebody out. They st- they got a 67-year-old guy in the office. They're like, Bob, go outside. Tell us what you – boy, I'm going to tell you, it feels like it's about 72. Boy, it feels like it fe- 72. Hey, listen, it feels about 72. <laughs> It was about gosh darn seventy two. Um, yeah, I I just think that's crazy. You know, if you really wanting to make a shift in your life, do it in a way that's a solid foundation, something that can truly produce uh goodness and, and betterness in your life. I love that. Now why did you create your own Bible plan? There's so many different Bible plans out there. The Bible comes with a Bible plan in the back of the book. Why did you create it? And then I want you to share, because I thought this was really cool, and I don't know if you did it this year. I don't think you did, so don't make fun of me online if you did and I missed it. But I know you said that you did it this year where people had the option to read their Bible in three months, mm-hmm. in, no, in yeah, six yeah. months, all that. So w- why did you create your own Bible plan, but also why did you fa- do a fast track? Because I'm actually going to, uh, I want to try to do the six month. I want to do one more round. It's really not hard to do six months. I want to do one more round in the NLT, and then I want to do a different Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, But why'd you create your own? Well, so I actually, I didn't do it for people. I did it for me. So I had read the Bible a few times. I had done cover to cover. I had done some chronological reading and stuff. And so basically when it just got to where I was reading on rounds, it's like you spend all this time in the Old Testament, and then you're in the New Testament for a minute. And then you go back, and you're in the Old Testament for all this time, and then you're in the New Testament for a minute. And I, because of a lot of the revelation that has flowed in my life has been New Testament-based, I want to make sure I was spending a lot of time in the New Testament. And so I built a plan that kind of bounces between the Old Testament and New Testament. Not every day. Like there's a daily, the daily, the one-year Bible does like a, Old Testament and New Testament reading every day, and it's just it's confusing. It's like you're yeah, you're in two, two projects at once. It's like reading two different books at the same time. Yeah, so it's 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 still linear. You're still reading one thing at a time, but it bounces yeah. back and forth. And basically, the reason was up until the last couple of years, the major and minor prophets were. It's really all comes down to the major and minor prophets for me. Until the last couple of years. It was rough when I got into like Isaiah or Jeremiah or something. I was like, oh, my Lord. You know, people think Psalms is the longest book of the Bible. It's actually Jeremiah. And so you get into Jeremiah, you're just like, it's, it never ends. And I remember so, Jeremiah started really good. Like Jeremiah it, chapter it, one. I, not, Jason, not, was, great. Jason was in the shower and I was like, man, I got to Jeremiah. And it was like a well of just clean water. And I, and then like 
it it descended down. Yeah, y'all are all going to be slaves by the I end of this. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but and it's okay to feel that way. It's okay it, to feel that way. I mean, the, you can't defeat it if you don't define it. Yeah. And so and so I defeated it because I defined it. So I yeah. got into those minor prophets, and I, I was like, oh, this is rough. So I I created this reading plan that was designed to keep it interesting yeah. through the entire yeah. scripture. So I did that for me, but then a couple of years ago, I I basically I was blowing up on YouTube. And I needed something to put out there for people. And so I released my Bible reading plan. I thought like 10 or 15 people would download it, no, which is part of the reason I called it the Tear Up Your Bible reading plan. If I'd have known it had been really popular, I'd have probably called it the Holy Ghost Sanctification Bible reading plan or something real <laughs> spiritual. You know what I mean? but, but so I put it out and then it just took off. So that was why it was to keep hey, it interesting. And then this year... I broke it up into 360, 180, 120, and 90 day reads. So you can choose the speed that you want to read. And if you want to read the Bible multiple times in a year, which I recommend. Yeah. Um, I think you should read the Bible at least twice a year because it's not that hard. I think also, and I think this is a really good point too. Like, obviously, I didn't read the previous plans that he had, but this plan, it was like the right plan at the right time with the right Bible translation for me. And it just clicked. Like, it worked for me. Definitely points in it. Uh, periods in the Bible didn't stick out, whatever. But it made so much sense to me. And I think it's really important that we're, that you're not just reading small portions of scripture. I think you lose so much. And I think what I love, and you had said this at one point, it's not too fast that you're just plowing through, but it's not too slow where you're missing the overlying story. And I, and I think you broke it up in such a good portion where it wasn't like, you know, day one is over here, day two. I, I don't know how to explain that. Well, I, I'll tell you right now, Baby Bear and Goldilocks understood Bible. <laughs> right? They did because you can't you can't read it so fast hey, that you don't grab anything. Hey, David. But you also can't read it so slow that by the time you're done, because I'll yeah. tell you this, there's a big thing out there to read the Bible in a chapter a day. Yeah. Well, that yeah. takes four years to do. By the time you get done with four years, you don't remember what you've read. Yeah. And so reading at this fast pace yeah. can help you to see things. But again, not too fast. You yeah. know, I think I think under 90 days is too fast. If you want for it, a beginner, read, we're talking for No, beginner. I think for anybody. I oh, think if you want anybody. to read it in 30 days to do a challenge, hey, it's 30 days of your life, no big deal. But yeah. like on a regular Bible reading, 90 days is about as low as you want to go. And in my mind, 18 months is about as long as you want it to take. Um, and anything longer than that, you start to there's diminishing return on both yeah. sides of that. You gotta so. make you gotta read enough to make it start stick. You gotta get that traction underneath. I you. did see someone ask, um, "Where's it at?" You can get these plans at tearupyourbible.com. And let me say this: if you want to know what plan said. Ashley just read, it's Tear Up Your Bible 2023. It yeah. is on there. If you read that plan, okay, this is the plan we've been doing for the last year. If you read that plan, you will read the New Testament, I believe, in the first 67 days. You'll read the entire New Testament yeah. in 67 days. And then for it the rest in of Romans. the year, starts in Romans. And then for the rest of the year, you'll read the Old Testament and the New Testament all the way through. So you actually read the, the whole Bible once and the New Testament twice. Um. David Rayleigh, if you're on, hi. I wrote a love some David. I Rayleigh. wrote a um, status last night that said, "Why did God make me cold blooded? I am always cold, and I am convinced that I am like an iguana, and I need 
external heat to regulate my body temperature. It's not true. Um, but that's just what I'm convinced. So I wrote this status that said, why did God make me cold-blooded? And David Rayleigh gets on and says something like, do I need to check in on Jason or do you need a coat? Like, what do you mean? Do I need to check in on Jason? And I was like, I'm going to delete the status, David. <laughs> I, take people, I take people everywhere. I it was so funny. Yeah, he's great. Um, I really like that. And I and I do think there's nothing wrong. I saw someone said they're reading a chapter a day. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, do do you. There's nothing. Something is better than nothing. Well, here's, but I think, here's what I say. There's no condemnation. Yeah. But I want you to know at the end of that journey. <laughs> he's safe, David. Just, he's safe. This is where I just tell you. But at the end of that journey, there's diminishing return. Yeah. So and, and, you need to follow this nine months. To, and this is what I was telling someone the other day. And I'm, I'm not saying this to be any kind of way, but hear me. Someone was kind of challenging some of my stuff the other day. And no. Yeah. And so, and this is what I told him. I said, that's, that's fine. If you want to give that advice to people, I've helped 50 to a hundred thousand people yeah. read the Bible. So I know a thing or two about that. I've been through this, this ball. And I'm sure many of you know, like, my husband's not just like a butt, like my husband's ordained with our denomination, like over a decade in ministry. So it's not like he's yeah. just some random well, I mean, Yahoo, the, you know. 2024 is my 20th year of ministry. I mean, my husband talks to people that make Bibles. Like they send him Bibles for free. You know what I'm I, saying? So like he's, he is probably, I would dare to say you are an expert in this realm. This is something like, I this understand. Is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He understands it. All right. Last question. And then we really do need to hop off. Um, Cause we're going what, to the mall. <laughs> we're going to the mall guys. Um, what would you say? Someone who has never read the Bible before. Uh, or maybe they are, they haven't read it in a long time. They say 2024 is the year I want to feel refreshed. I want to focus on my spiritual walk. I want to have a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with God. What would be the best advice for that first time Bible reader? Okay. So I'm going to give you this. Hey, Kristen. This is advice that I give that people lose their flipping mind over. Oh, it's going to be good, guys. I have no uh, idea what this answer because is. Because it sounds counterintuitive. It sounds unspiritual and it sounds wrong. But I'm telling you, it's a thousand percent right. I've seen it a billion times played out. Here it is. Don't study, just read the Bible. Yes. Don't study. And this yes. is the reason why. When you when you go into the Bible and you feel like you need to understand everything that you read, you have applied an ethic to Bible reading that you have not applied to any other book that you ever read. You, none of you yeah. will start reading Atomic Habits That's good. in January and say to yourself, well, now hang on a second. And try to dissect I don't it. Think, I don't think I can read Atomic Habits until I understand Atomic Habits. I can't read, well, I can't read page 151 until I understand page 151. I've got to, I need to do some research on page 151 before I read page 151 of Tom again. You know what? It would probably be good. It'd probably be good if I did some research on James Clear. Yeah. So I understood what the context of Atomic this Habits was before I read it. No, because what you, what you understand about everything except the Bible, because if there's a book the devil wants to mess you up on, what book is it? This one right yeah. here. And so what you understand about every other book is that the first step to understanding the book is reading the book. Yeah, okay? just read it. That still applies here. It's good. The first step to understanding this book is reading the book. In fact, I recommend people, if you read, if you do read my book, Here to Here, okay, 
You do all the research on me you want to and find out what the context is. I stopped to read it. She's still got to read it. It's on my to-do list. She's, you know, it's all right. She's got tons of money in it, but she <laughs> ain't read it. It's most expensive. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's oh, most expensive on her. Did just don't read, read it. Read it. Just read it. Awesome. Just don't. Why are you putting me under the bus like See? that? I haven't read See, it yet. I was wondering why I was liking your post so much lately. <laughs> and now I know why. But just um, but I, I talk about this in the book that if you really want to like fast track your understanding of the Bible, just read it three times fast. I actually have a 420 day reading plan. It is available at therapybible.com, but it comes for free with Here to Hear. So if you buy Here to Hear, you can download this plan for free. Yeah. But uh, it's a 420-day reading plan that takes you through the Bible three times. And uh, what the way that this works is like a puzzle, okay? When you read the Bible the first time, you just bang it out. What you do is you, it's like laying all them puzzle pieces out on the floor, okay? The second time you read the Bible, it's kind of like you start finding those edges of the puzzle piece and you start creating that framework. And the third time you read the Bible, you start filling that, that picture in. And what happens is, is by the time you've read the Bible three times, you know so much about the scripture yeah. that you never knew before that most of the spiritual issues you have, most of the questions, and sure, you're going to have some trivia questions along the way. There's going to be some stuff you know, I've read close to 20 times. I read something the other day and came into understanding I never had before. Yeah, And so you, that will still happen. But most of that basic theological understanding you have, it'll all come together. In fact, I'll even tell you this. I think reading the Bible three times through quickly will do more for you than a seminary degree. Oh, shoot. <laughs> and, I was and I was talking to a friend the other day, and he made a jab. And y'all probably seen these about um, uh, doctors posting this kind of stuff. But he said, he said, I want to get a T-shirt made that said, uh, your Google search does not compare to yeah. my doctoral, my doctor's degree in theology or my seminary degree. And I told him, I said, I'm going to get a T-shirt made that says, and your seminary degree doesn't compare to reading the Bible over and over and over again. There's something powerful about it. I'm yeah. all about seminary. I'm all about education. But let me tell you right now, there yeah. is no substitute for time in this book. And That's so um, if you do that, if you follow that plan, that that 420-day reading plan that's on TerriBible.com, by the time you get done with that, you will you will be in the top 3% of the most spiritual people on the freaking planet. Well, then that's my, because I just said I wanted to do your six-month plan. The 420-day plan is pretty close to six months. Like, it, it's about the same readings every day. It's it's a little bit more. Well, no, what I'm saying is if I already did it once. And then if I do the six-month plan, January to June, and then I do the six with my NLT, and then I do the six-month plan again in a different translation, that'll be three times in two years. Oh, yeah, three times and in I'll two years. And I'll be a, yeah. in a part of that top 3%. Top 3%. I want a top 3% t-shirt club. That's what top I should 3 do. Top 3% club t-shirt, I mean. Uh, people, you know what? I should. I should. Can we get I trophies? T-shirts. No, I don't want a T-shirt. I want a trophy. Trophies can you make for a trophy? people who read the Bible. Can you give me a trophy? I can. I mean, do it for the trophy, guys. Do it for the trophy. For the trophy. For the trophy. This has been fun. Uh, thanks for, for hopping on, guys. <laughs> We're gonna uh, put the link in the comments if you want his Bible reading plan. I'm it's so excited. Simple. It's terrorbible.com, uh, which I probably should yeah. have prefaced with this. So, so everyone will be angry that didn't watch all the way to the end. Tear up your Bible is not, I'm not being ugly, by the way. Oh. The reason we call it Tear we're used to it now, so we don't think about it. But the reason we call it Tear Your Bible, the great preacher Charles Spurgeon yes, once said, yes, this is one of the best quotes I've ever heard. Charles Spurgeon, 
He said that a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to a person who isn't. Mm. And so we took that passive statement that Charles Spurgeon made. We turned it into an active process where we don't want you to tear up your Bible. We just want you to read it so much that it challenges the structural integrity of the book. Yeah. And so we don't want you to tear up your Bible. We we want you to tear up your Bible. Yeah. So So it took me 38 years to read my Bible cover to cover. And And if you haven't read, don't feel any condemnation. I have been a Bible reader for 12 years before Ashley made it a daily habit. Yeah. No condemnation in that. No, not at all. And being in ministry and being a pastor's wife. uh, it would have been for six years before I read the Bible yeah. all the way through. Yeah. And it, you don't have to feel any type of way. I think just starting. And it, it's so crazy how much I knew I wanted to read. I had that desire there. I had the thoughts like, I should be reading. Like, that would make me better. And I think sometimes we try to do the least amount of effort and have the maximum return. And I had to flip that. I had to put the most effort in and not put this pressure on the return. And um, so cool. And I think it's just like anything. It's like anything in your life, you know, your spiritual walk, your your relationship with God. And again, this it expo- it almost exposes people when you start doing it because you realize how many people are saying they're hearing these things from God and you like, babe, you're not even reading the Bible. Like I'm not, well, and I I'm call, not sitting here saying like like God can't speak to you. But come on, like we where's the fruit? We got to have some fruit, and yeah. so work on your fruit in 2024. That's important. Anything uh, else you want to add? Well, oh, so Giselle much- has a question. Hold on. Why am I leaning in and squinting? I'm wearing my glasses. Question: When y'all get the yeah. chance, my cousin wants to read it from start to finish. Is there harm in that verse? Jason's reading plan. I told him to do the Bible reading plan, but he's stubborn. If oh, from like Genesis to Revelation. So that's fine. The easiest way to do that, I wouldn't even get a plan. Is I would just go to the last page of Revelation, and then divide that page number by however many days he wants to read it in. Oh, that's good. And so that's I've done that before. However. Someone who wants to do something like that, the 420-day reading plan would be perfect for someone like that. The 420-day reading plan goes straight through the Bible. It goes through the Bible chronologically in the order of events that things happen, which, by the way, chronological is the only thing I really recommend outside of Tear Up Your Bible uh, because it's, it's, it's really transformative. And then it goes through the Tear Up Your Bible order. And so you do the 420-day Reading plan, it, it'll jack your world up. I just realized why, it's, why it's 420. 420. Yeah, why it's, did you? As I said, as soon as I saw your face, I meant, oh. I got it, guys. <laughs> oh, we're going to cut this out. It's fine. No, but no, I would, I would say do that. Hey, listen, expectation yeah, does a lot for you when you go into this. If you'll go in and understand this, your only job's to read it. Yeah. Your job's not to understand it. And it's not hard. Yeah. It's not hard. Believe it or not, I've this Bible right here is written in American English. So this is as easy to read as someone's Facebook status or TikTok captions. And guess yeah. what? That they don't use the wrong two in this book. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you are wanting to better yourself, you check it out, tearupyourbible.com. 
uh, man, just make a decision to actually do it and be committed. It, it like, like just make the commitment. If you really want to have a better 2024, you guys know I'm all about growth. I'm all about bettering yourself. I'm all about, but man, you want to know what? Not in this self-righteous way, not in this self-manifestation way, in a way that is grounded, in a way that is just uh, I don't, I don't know. This year was such a good year of growth and, um, how I can't even tell you the doors that have already started to open. And I was talking to uh, my best friend Ursula about this and she, I was telling her some things that I've got coming up in 2024. And she's like, that's because of your commitment to the Lord, like your commitment to Jesus, your commitment to your relationship, your commitment to his word. This entire year, you've paid a price, and now these doors are opening as a result of the decision you made January 1st, 2023, and that is the absolute truth, you guys. If you want a better year, you want to feel more refreshed, and not just feel it, you want to be refreshed, and you and it doesn't mean you're not going to have struggle. It doesn't mean you're not going to walk through the valley. It doesn't mean you're not going to have loss. Look, my word for the year is favor next year. That don't mean a million dollars has fallen from the sky. That's probably going to mean there's going to be some opposition that I am I'm going to fail in, but the Lord is going to see me but through, I, but right? But I'll tell so, you this, having walked through significant pains, oh, let me I, dance I would not want to walk through any type of pain without a word from God. Without Jesus, guys. I mean, that that, that will get you to, I'll never forget, because it was almost otherworld. It was the Holy Ghost. It was the anointing. It wasn't just my own effort, but I'll never forget. When we walked over, for those of you that don't know, our, our our youngest daughter, Allie, was born at 24 weeks, very premature, very small. It was very scary. Yeah. And we, um, I, I'm pushing Ashley in a wheelchair to go see Allie for the first time in her little plastic box. And we get into the NICU incubator. and she's laying there and they just got a light, yeah. one light shining on her. Um, and... Right there we stood and I said, we have to remember that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you something. I don't ever want to walk into a situation like that and not have a word from God. I, I had something happen earlier this week. I haven't even told Ashley about it. I'm going to tell you, can I tell you about it on here real quick? You, I'll put it out in front of everybody. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so for those of y'all that don't know, two years ago, I was hospitalized. Uh, I was, I had uh, something that went around that tends to get internet video flagged that I won't mention, but starts with a C <laughs> and, can, and it's serious if you go to the hospital with it. And so I went, I was in the hospital for nine days. Uh, they thought I was going to die. They were preparing Ashley behind the scenes for me to die. And um, of course, I didn't know what was going on. I was just watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on TV. Very I spiritual. didn't know what was going on. Real spiritual moment for me. Um Someone asked, they said, what did the, what did God show you in the hospital? I said, you should see these ladies. <laughs> They're crazy. They're crazy. They're crazy. Um, and so, um, but when I came out of the hospital since then, my weight has been going up. Just over, like I've been getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And some of y'all know I lost a lot of weight several years ago. And I'm just, I'm super heavy right now. I feel bad all the time. This is what you don't see is um, I've been trying different diets for the last couple of years. And what's been happening is every time I do a diet and I change the way I eat, my body reacts 
Yeah. viscerally. And I'm not talking about a little, I got a little keto flu, bro. I'm a little tired. I'm talking about, I have major yeah. stuff happen. That's like, frankly, it's scary. The last time I had a reaction, Ashley was scared about what was going on with me. The other night, I think I found something that's going to work. I'm pretty confident. I started it today. I'm pretty confident that this is going to work and I'm not going to have a reaction to this. And so that's something y'all can be praying for because this is a serious physical thing I've been walking through. A couple nights ago, I told her I was going to start today. A couple nights ago, we were sitting on the couch. I said, I found this. I'm going to do it. This is going to, I think this is going to work. So I made the decision and told her on the couch. When I woke up that next morning, I never get these kind of comments on my YouTube and my Instagram, but across every social media platform that I am on. People had gone onto my videos saying that I shouldn't preach the Bible until I stopped practicing the sin of gluttony, which is the Christian way of calling somebody fat. Oh my gosh. And, and I and this was not in one place. And I don't get these comments ever. I can tell you what comments I get that are ugly on the internet, but across every platform, I had wow. gluttony comments the night after I had told this to her. Wow. But in the last few weeks. This is why you want a word from God. In the last few weeks, the Lord had been showing me some strategy of the enemy. And so when I woke up, it bothered me at first. If somebody calls you fat and it doesn't bother you, you got you you got social problems. That, that ought to bother you. Yeah. But but I'm gonna tell you right now, it bothered me for about 30 minutes, and then I realized something. I said, That's that's the attack of the enemy. That's the enemy trying to get me off the path of something that's gonna work where God's gonna bless me. Mm. And so uh, that having a word, that's really being good. a person of the word helped me to, because I don't do well with that. People get ugly with me on the internet. It messes me up for a whole day. Who are these people? Send they, me their DMs. Well, their I names. will tell you, these are dumb people. That's that's it. But still, it's still, you know, somebody call you fat. I'll tell you what somebody said the other day made me real mad. It was real untrue. They said my hair was thinning. And I said, you, I said, you are a liar. My hair is thick. <laughs> don't you, don't be talking but, about no, my hair. I think this now. is really good. And we do need to hop off. We keep saying we're going to hop off. But this is like, this is really good because how many times do you guys have a dream, a desire, a goal, something that you want to do and the external doesn't, you know, align with it. And immediately now you go back in your little turtle shell and you're not standing upon the truth that God has called you to stand upon, or you're not standing upon his word, what his identity says about you. And you don't have that, that, that solid foundation to stand upon. And so when you're reading the word, you can stand upon that truth. You can take that as your identity and you don't have to keep grasping for this. I'm inadequate. I'm insufficient. I'm not good enough. Welcome to everybody in the Bible. Like, welcome to everybody in the Bible, you know? And so when you're reading, you can find those things. But I'm sorry they were mean. They were. They were very mean. They hurt your peelings? They hurt my peelings. And, don't you know. Don't be mean online. Don't be mean to people mean on the online. internet. Okay. You don't know what people are going through. You don't know. You don't know. That's so mean. I'm sorry. I love you. All right. We love you guys. Listen, rock out. Make 2024 the year that you're going to just increase in your spiritual walk with Jesus. I promise you it'll be the best thing you've ever done. Bye, friends.